Is it okay if I move this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't need my help. <laughs> I just know how clumsy I am and that I'm liable to get tangled up in that cord and fall. I want to thank y'all for the opportunity and privilege to be able to share with you today in this time. And I want to thank Grace Presbytery for all that they have done throughout this journey. Before we get started, will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together as a body of believers to discuss and to do your work, God. We ask that you be with us now and to guide all of our thoughts and our actions. God, in this very moment, I ask that you remove me and insert yourself and that the words that I may speak may be the words that you long for us to hear. In your son's holy and precious name we pray, amen. Our sermon text today comes from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, and I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do you relish in the memories of your past? Do you know somebody who does? Do you have that one friend that is always talking about their glory days? Recently, I was talking with one of my friends, and that is exactly what we were doing. We were talking about our teenage years at church camp and how we would give anything to go back and to relive some of those times. In the middle of the conversation, she starts to laugh and said, hmm, I need to take a large step back. There was a long, awkward pause, and finally I said, are you still there? I have no idea what you were talking about. She continued on to say, let me share with you what our church members have lovingly called the parable of the dishes. The church she serves is well known for their community meals. They grow community gardens, they offer full course meals, and give groceries to ones in their community that are in need. The ministry has grown and formed over time, and they're currently at a crossroads. Their ministry has grown so much that they are in need of a larger kitchen, more storage, and bigger equipment to cook the meals. The entire church has been in agreement that the kitchen renovation has to be done. As good Cumberland Presbyterians, they formed a committee, an action plan was created, and it passed. Until the women's group in the church realized that the plan recommended doing something with a set of dishes that they had bought the church in the 50s. In the 50s, the women's group had decided that the church needed a set of really nice dishes, that they wanted to use them at all of their functions. So they withheld no expenses. They contemplated for quite some time about what kind to get, and once they reached their decision, they decided they were going to get the best of the best real crystal dishes. You know, the kind that are usually on display that nobody gets to eat off of, those are the ones. For years, these dishes were used at wedding receptions, baptism receptions, pastor installation services, and even children's birthday parties. The women wanted these dishes to serve a purpose, to let people know 
that they weren't just being hurried in and out, that they were being, that they were being given a banquet when they met there. It was around 10 years ago that the women decided the upkeep of the dishes was just too much for them, because after all, you cannot put real crystal dishes in the dishwasher. They decided that the dishes needed to be stored in the main storage area of the kitchen so they weren't forgotten about if anybody ever needed them or wanted to use them. My friend shared that at their meeting to discuss the project, several of the women and men pleaded their case of how important the dishes were and the need to keep the dishes. They shared fond memories about breaking bread together using these dishes. The dishes were more than dishes. They were memories of beautiful, sacred times that that church had spent together. In our text today, we meet the prophet Isaiah as he is speaking to the Hebrew people who were relishing in the memory of God delivering them from the bondage of Egypt. They are not considering the possible second exodus. They are not considering the newness that is yet to come. In this section, we see a shift. We see a shift in language, theme, and focus. It comes at a pivotal point in Isaiah. It falls near the beginning of where the prophet's focus changes from judgment to God's redemptive acts. We see a shift focus from the actions of Israel to focusing on the actions of God. We pick up at the point where God had delivered them, that beautiful, glorious act. But the Hebrew people seem to be stuck in that memory of being delivered. Up until this point, the prophet has called the Hebrew people to remember the things of the past, the Exodus. But what does it take to see a new thing while in exile? Here they have this invitation of all these things springing forth. The context of the Israelites when Isaiah invites them to see something spring forth in their midst is that they are just that. They are still Israelites who have been in captivity. They are given the invitation to go home, the hope of a second exodus, a return to the promised land, a return to the status of free, blessed, and chosen. For decades, they had lived in captivity away from their homeland, the place that gave them their identity and their calling. They were separated from their customs, their rituals, and their familiarity. They lived in the humiliation of being captive and being haunted by the memories of their spiritual infidelities, which they believe brought them to this place. I can imagine that the words of the prophet must have felt like a soothing balm to the battered souls. I am doing a new thing, a new start. But with any new start, there comes fear. How hopeful that must sound, yet the journey may not be a safe one. They may encounter dangers on this road. There's always a huge risk in going back. Will it be as our ancestors have told us? Will we find the promised land or will we, be, will we arrive at a land of destruction? Will we find the promised land or will, will it be in plunder? Will this new be good or should we stay put in this foreign place that is at least familiar to us? It is probably not best to risk having our hopes dashed for some prophet's promise of a new life. Will guilt and shame be a part of this journey? Will the return to the promised land haunt us rather than heal us? 
The invitation the, the prophet makes is a twofold invitation and a vision. Remember not the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Before they can perceive the new thing, they are commanded to remember not. Do not remember. That seems quite a silly request. One cannot simply erase something from their memory. We know that Isaiah is being rhetorical. And up until this point, he has called for them to remember their past, to remember their deliverance. But they're stuck. They're stuck in the act of remembering and relishing in the glorious act of deliverance that God had done for them. Similar to how the ladies are stuck in the memories of the times the dishes represent for them. They're stuck in remembering all the sweet babies, who the baby showers that those dishes were used for, or the many pastors that they had used those for their installation services. Good memories. Theologian Paul Tilch reminds us that growth always demands sacrifice. Something must be left behind to accept the new. He writes, if the new were a part of the old, the prophet would not have to ask, do you see it? for we already would. We cannot be born anew if the power of the old is not broken, with, not broken within us. Isaiah commands us to, commands to forget because he does not want them to miss out on all the glorious acts that are to come. He does not want them to miss out. He does not want them to relish in the past memories because he is fearful that they will miss on a new, being called by a new opportunity from God. He tells them, I am about to do a new thing now. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers and the desert. We see a sense of hope that their good days are not over yet, that there are better ones to come. The prophet is calling them to turn away from memory and to live into hope, the hope of God, the hope in future redemptive events. Now, it's okay to remember but we cannot allow ourselves to stay so stuck in the past that we forget to look forward to the hope that we have in God. There are new things that spring up all around us. How many have we might missed remembering the past? The ladies and the men are so excited about the food ministry and how it has grown and the impact it is making on their community. But they agreed that they are stuck in the memories of the past and the church that are and others in the church are fearful that they are going to miss out on getting to be a part of all the newness that is springing up around them. They kind of had a halfway meeting point. The ladies realized, and so did the other half of the congregation she shared, that they needed to come to a compromise, a way to honor the past but to move into the future. So they decided to keep a few of the dishes to put on display in the years that they were used for and to sell the dishes to, and donate the money to help with the offset of the cost. See, memories serve a purpose, but we cannot allow ourselves to relish and live there or we might just miss out on a sacred opportunity that God is springing forth, that God is calling us to. They found a way to honor the past but to live into the hope that God was calling them into. I'm sure many of us have felt that way, have felt that we are clinging to the past, that we might miss something that God is calling us into. We have new things springing forth all around us, new ways that God is calling us to serve and to be active agents for his kingdom. 
Are we going to cling to hope or are we going to cling to the dishes of our past and possibly miss an opportunity that God is calling us into? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.